T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's Football Friday on The Fan. It's a man's game now. This is a Football Friday edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by the ALNA Sportsbook. Watch the games in the region's largest video wall and wager on your team at the ALNA Sportsbook. Football Friday with Danny and Dusty on 1080. We have great expectations. The Fan. Hour number two, Danny and Dusty with you. We'll be joined by analytics analyst for the Portland Trailblazers, Corey Jez. He's going to join us in studio. He's a, I think he's the first person to actively sit on the casting couch. Yeah, yeah, he's in the studio <laughs> right now, sitting next to Kim Jong Un, which that's still we a, still don't know where that pillow came I, from. We, I do know where that. What, pillow I came guarantee from. you, that's a souk production. It is not, not, what? yeah, no. no. That, I mean, that's what I said. The bets are off. We asked him about it the other day. Swag got it as part of a white elephant uh, gift exchange, oh. and uh, in a shocking development, nobody in their right mind would want a Kim Jong Un pillow mm. because I don't know evil murdery dictator. Yeah, so he brought it into our place of work. I don't, I don't think you, you need to add the tater to the end of that. I was just you stole that from me. <laughs> oh, tater, tater. All right, all right. <clears throat> Football. Yeah, let's talk a little bit more football. We've got it is a it is a football Friday. We've got a super duper wild card weekend. Um, we've got Jags and Chargers, and uh, the Mike Williams injury is going to loom large over this game, and we'll have more on that a little bit later. The Brandon Staley is going to loom large over this game. Yeah, his like you may see second year head coach who is in the playoffs was seen as like one of the bright minds of the NFL when he was hired. He leaned into going for it on fourth down last year, maybe a little bit too much. But it was very successful with it. And then this year, he's kind of backed off it, got his team in the playoffs, and still might get fired because he got Mike Williams hurt. And that a sucks. Um, but for this, I mean, I, I look at, they've already played. We have a bunch of rematches. We talk about this is going to be the third meeting for the Seahawks and the Niners. Mm-hmm. This is a, a rematch of a uh, game earlier this season between the Chargers and the Jags, where the Jags won 38-10. to And we also get the Bengals and Ravens for round three. Boy, can't wait. And Dolphins and uh, Bills, too. Round three. Round Good three. Lord. Yeah. We got a lot of rematches here, man. And Giants and Vikings have already played this year, too. Wow. That is a lot. Yeah. I told you. We got a lot of rematches. Okay. I wasn't lying. Yeah. I was I being thought, 100% I thought honest. you were being facetious. <laughs> no, but in this Chargers uh, game, like one of the things that I was really excited for uh, before you had uh, coaching malpractice by mm-hmm. Brandon Staley was the fact that you were finally going to see a healthy Chargers offense. And when we have seen them healthy so far this year, 
Look at what they were doing the last few weeks of the season. They were putting up ridiculous numbers. Healthier. Herbert looked com- uh, comfortable. Right. And he, well, they started the year with him with broken ribs. Yeah. Then Allen goes out and Williams goes out. And you're Rashawn sitting there going, Slater goes what out. are we? Rashawn Slater's still out. <laughs> and that's scary what this offense can be when they have the, I don't know, their top five pick left tackle. Who's uh, probably available. a top five left tackle in the NFL. <laughs> so, but we get kind of cheated from with that. Mm-hmm. And now you're sitting there and going, all right. Austin Eckler saying, please help me. You have, yeah, you have Justin Herbert with his hand tied behind his back going to play in a game because Mike Williams and what he's able to do as a big body target, fantastic on third down. Mm-hmm. You still have the gadget stick in, in Keenan Allen, which can break a defense and be a game changer mm-hmm. there. But Mike Williams being out is a huge yes. impact on this game. And now you have a Chargers team that's going to have to rely on Austin Eckler even more than what they what they were having to do heading into this one. Like, with Mike Williams on one side, Keenan Allen on the other, and then the ability to use Austin Eckler, whether it's Wherever. in the run game, the screen game, anything that they were able to just keep Jacksonville honest, now you have another set of eyes that you can put on Austin Eckler mm-hmm. because of Mike Williams not being out and being gone for two to three weeks with a back fracture. And the flip side of this is the Jags have most of their weapons. Yeah, you, you flip this over. I mean, you got Jones and Jones, and and their their ability to uh, ATN looks like he's going to go. Like the, the Jags look like they're they're pumped up, ready to go on the offensive side of the ball. See, but this is where Jacksonville's really up against it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Lawrence. We we talked about Trevor Lawrence at the beginning of the week. Yeah, and we both believe he's going to get there. I mean, like he will he will be will be a special back. quarterback. Yeah, but on defense, they still got their struggles. Mm-hmm. They, They've got they, some dudes, but they just don't have enough no dudes. but the offensive line is going to be up for a big test because yeah. if bosa is healthy which he got hurt in denver as well well thankfully uh, we haven't heard anything about uh, any secondary x-rays or secondary mris that he has needed because with mike williams he cleared both the first time and now he has a fractured back so i got two things for you that are alarming if you're a jacks mm-hmm. fan Number one, Jacksonville's offensive line ranks 31st in the NFL in pass rush win rate. So Trevor Lawrence, <laughs> get rid of the ball quick. Got you. Okay, that is that is not good. Uh-huh. And I see Corey Jez over there pumping his arms because we're going to the numbers on this one here. <laughs> you know what they also lead the league in? Go on, quarterback fumbles. Oh, right. So uh, you're telling Trevor me that Lawrence... there might be a correlation between keeping your quarterback clean and not having fumbles. Trevor, You know how many fumbles Trevor Lawrence has? I'm going to take a scene number like eight. Yeah, it's seven. Yeah. He has eight picks, seven fumbles mm. this year. Which is weird because he's 6'6", six, six, which means he has hands like dinner plates. He has monster hands. Yeah. He does not have the carny hands and no. small hands smell like cabbage. No, he, he's he got big old mitts on him, but when you have a Bosa... On the backside. Rear, pinning his ears back and going. And Khalil and a, Mack on the other. A win rate of 31st against the pass rush and two dominant pass rushers. <laughs> like, it could be a long night for Jacksonville and Trevor Lawrence if, if what we've seen play out over 17 games comes to fruition on Saturday night. The likelihood is that that, that does hold because... Bosa has been a dude all year. Mac has been a dude all year. Uh, their secondary is banged up. They're going to have to win those pass rush downs mm-hmm. because if they don't, like we talked about, Jacksonville has their toys. Yeah. So if if San Diego doesn't get home and Lawrence doesn't look like he did last week and he looks like the guy he looked like the five weeks leading up to that, then San Diego can be in trouble. But you're right, on the initial 
three seconds, Jacksonville's in trouble. Yeah. But if Jacksonville can win, particularly on, on, on opportunities where they look to drive the ball or get the ball out quickly to their playmakers in space, that's where you're going to see the competitiveness of this game come to fruition. You know what is the – I just don't – I have no idea what to make of this stat, and I'm just going to throw it out there because I've never seen anything like it. Mm-hmm. Do you know what the Jaguars' record is when they fail to rush for 75 yards? Fail to rush for 75 yards. Fail to rush yeah. for 75 yards. By the way, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the worst rushing team in the NFL. They rush for 77 per game. Yeah, it's the end didn't come on until late yeah. into the year, and yeah. they bumped it up a little bit. They, um, they are 3-1. and one. I, I'll just throw it out I was, there. I was, was going to say it was probably like five or six they, games that they've done that. They are 3-1 and one in games. Without balance. Fail to rush for 70 yards. Which lets you know their wide receiver core and quarterback play can be very good. That is wild to me. Without balance. With no balance. Like that and that is the thing. Can you imagine it it, what it unlocks if they can get Travis at ETN going? And here's where you can kind of you can say, all right, are they not rushing the ball very well? But where they can use ETN so well against a team that is so aggressive when you have Mac on one and side, the screens. it's screen game. Yeah. It's it's in Bosa and Mac. You can have the screen game open up so much more and say we're not going to be able, to, won't be able to uh, pound the ball down your throat, but we'll find a way to have a semblance of a run game through our screen game, and that's that's basically what they're going to have to do because they have had zero. And I mean zero <laughs> rushing attack for a, a large stretch of the season. Um, so I'm fa- I'm fascinated in this game. Saturday is going to be a fun one where we have tomorrow two games. Weather's going to play a big role in one. And by the way, don't worry about the weather in uh, Jacksonville. Other than it's supposed to be kind of cold. Jacksonville cold. Well, yeah, yeah. I'll put that as Jacksonville cold. L- lousy smarch weather. Well, it's 45. 45, I mean, that might, 45 that might, and that 40 might, degrees. That might kill everything in Jacksonville. No, not the meth heads, brother. <laughs> they can live through anything. <laughs> Bath sauce. <laughs> All right, 503-250-1080. Uh, I'm really excited for our next guest. Uh, let's get back to the NBA. We have a ton of uh, NFL uh, playoff games that we need to break down. But coming up next, we're going to get into, the, into basketball. He is the uh, analytics analyst. I don't even know. That is a tongue twister. Analytics right insider. Insider. I believe is what he says on his Twitter bio. All right. Corey Jess joins us. No, I like analytics analyst. I like Blazers analyst of analytics. Mm. Corey Jess joins us in studio. This is Danny and Dusty on the fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is a Football Friday edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by the ALNA Sportsbook. On 1080 The Fan. Might be football Friday. We may have Super Wild Card Weekend. It's still Yacht Rock Friday. <laughs> Darn right. <laughs> Darn right. We're still going to talk uh, NBA as we bring on uh, now the Blazers Analytics Insider. There we go. I like no. I still like Analytics Analyst because it gives you gives you a little extra oomph there. Corey Jazz joins us. How you doing, man? Hey guys, it's uh, fun to come do this in person. Yeah, yeah. Right? this is. Better in a Zoom background. Right? That's what I, was, I was like, you know what? You're in town. You're not staying too far away. I was like, if you want to call in, you can call in. But if you want to come down, come down to the studio. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Here's my big question. When you're not here, and how often are you going to be coming up and actually being in Portland? Is this special that, that we get you in Rip City? Uh, I, I certainly don't think me being anywhere is special. First of all, <laughs> it's probably like a net economic loss for the city. But uh, no. I, I think it's just scheduling and some of the other stuff I do outside of the, yeah. the, the Blazers uh, starting to ramp up. I do some stuff with some pro golfers, um, so they're, they're starting to ramp up as well. But um, I think it's just as the schedule allows, we can get our bang for a buck. This was a Thursday, Saturday, Sunday yeah. kind of stand. And then the Texas swing, um, the Spurs game at the end of the year in Austin, Texas, about a mile from my house. So, no way. Yeah, Convenient. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I-35 series. Spurs are playing a game in Austin at the new University of Texas Moody Center. Uh as well as part of a Spurs initiative. So that one will be fun. And so I, I think a couple more times throughout the year, just as kind of scheduling allows. Can we have a circle of trust here? And I, I ask you a question where, when they usually go to you, it looks like you are in a spaceship. Uh, like when you're back home, you don't, where, you don't have a, you? you don't have a spaceship in your backyard. <laughs> no, no. Where are you in the studio? Or is that just a background? It's like a blazers Zoom branded background. spaceship that just sits in my driveway. <laughs> now, if there's one thing, Paul Allen, what, may have what, what <laughs> for, that was it. <laughs> and he's like, you know what? I wanted to give to the analytics guy. I know we're going to hire one eventually. And I want it to go to him. Is that just a zoom background? Or are you actually in a studio when you're doing these hits? We, we've got a good home studio. So I've got a good home studio That's with, awesome. with key lights and, and the, the green screen and, and all those things. And, and uh, the production tech folks here hooked me up with with some sweet gear, but it's yeah, it's Zoom and uh, with a fancy background, but the green screen stuff makes it look pretty pretty high level. So I love it, man. Are, are we are we professional up top? Shorts down low? No comment. There <laughs> <laughs> we go. Uh, I really like what you have brought to the broadcast because you haven't just like jumped in like at the very beginning of the season. You didn't just jump in and be like, hey, here's a bunch of numbers you're not gonna understand. Uh, you, Danny is frothing at the mouth because he wants all the analytics in, in the games, but I thought he for, knows <laughs> for the, and I'm somewhere like in the middle where I kind of know what, what some of it means, but I don't know what he knows, what, you know, I think you did a really good job of kind of explaining the direction at the beginning. And we've been kind of all working to upwards and learning where we're going in the analytics world. Uh, how did you, how did you kind of get into being the guy who's going to explain it to the layperson? Well, I I think it's two things. One, 
you know, when we sat down with Jeff Curtin, Dan Hyatt, kind of the broadcast brain trust, mm-hmm. you know, and Kevin and Lamar and, and Brooke, awesome. yeah, they're, they're great. You know, everybody here, I, I'm this new guy coming in. Everyone's been doing this like together for a decade. And I'm just like, <laughs> please do not screw this up. You know, <laughs> like, do not, you know, speak out of turn, all those things. But, you know, we, we did put that in place as a bit of a strategy of, we are not going to jump in and talk about quantified shot probability on day one, yeah. mm-hmm. even though that is something that we have talked about in, in the con in the certain context when it comes up and it is not dissimilar to what it was like being in a front office as well. Yeah. When, when a front office and when I joined the jazz in 2017, you know, it was really them formalizing their group. There's been some interns, some one-off stuff, but then, you know, my my charge was come and build a department and really resource out the group. And it, it's kind of a similar thing of education and, and kind of indoctrination about here's what's possible, here's what the type of stuff we can look at, here's what the universe of statistics are, here's what tracking data does, yeah. here's why we do per possession instead of per game, and, and you kind of slowly build from there. Because all you're really trying to do is give people – more precise information about the thing that they're trying to figure out, whether yeah. that's a coach in a scouting situation, whether that's a general manager or a scout in a, you know, a draft or free agency scenario, or now in our case with, with the fans and, and obviously already a really kind of high IQ fan base here. And it's not just let's throw numbers for numbers sake, but let's take a specific kind of basketball situation, basketball context and give maybe a more precise number that's not that easy to find publicly still today, although it's a lot better now than it was a couple of years ago, or maybe something that we've now got with our special deal with Second Spectrum mm-hmm. that we do and say, let's give a really precise number to talk about Damian Lillard in the pick and roll in what we expect to see in this game tonight or yeah. whatever the situation might be. So it's it's really just trying to add that layer to it, but you know, at the appropriate time and, and yeah. build up to it and not kind of jump ahead in those things. The, the biggest thing for me, and you and I have talked about this on and off throughout the year, um, the NBA does a crappy job with its product of making people smarter <laughs> and building on it. It, it. So much of it is the salacious. It's the trade rumors. Yeah. It's what's going on behind the curtain. It's what's LeBron thinking. And if you watch the NFL on ESPN every day, they have got an hour dedicated to, to making you smarter about the game. Oh, Dan, like Dan Orlovsky is Mina just... Kime, yeah. Yeah. They, they are yeah. hammering stuff. And it doesn't necessarily... It's not necessarily analytics. It's diving into the X's O's. Mina will typically bring the analytic side of things and put things together. And the NBA has done a horrible job with their broadcast partners of expanding and expounding on that. Well, well I mean, as, as one of my close analytic colleagues in the field, Charles Barkley, will tell you. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. I mean, it's, it's something that... You know, our our kind of pitch, if if you will, to the you know the Portland fans is no, this is maybe not the sexiest aspect of basketball. No. Everyone loves Woj yeah. and Shams. Everyone loves, you know, we're getting right into trade rumor season right yeah. now and, and there there's no shortage of those floating around the Pacific Northwest at the moment and, mm-hmm. and, and basically every market because every team is kind of in this middle buyer half buyer, half seller ground right now as well. But so it may not be the sexiest part of the game. But but again, our pitch to the to the fans is, you know, now obviously we're not looking at the exact same things that Coach Billups and Joe Cronin are looking at. But you know, by bringing me me into the fold, and since I've been with a team before, and this is where I think Jeff and Dan and 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 Bert and the group did a hopefully what was a smart thing that instead of taking a broadcaster teach them analytics, they said let's take an analytics person teach them broadcasting, mm-hmm. which. You know, slow going for me, but uh, you know, I'll get there. I'll, I'll I'll get there eventually. But 
we are now looking at things that when we talk about the four factors, when we talk about offensive and defensive rating, when we talk about screen set per hundred possessions mm-hmm. against drop coverage. I mean, it's all the stuff Lamar talks about on the broadcast. Yes. Right? The, like, the Lamar's so good at X's yes. and O's and, and there's nothing Kevin, Kevin hasn't seen in, in his years. And so let's put a number to those things in, in the way that, you know, that contextualizes it. Yeah, in the way that Coach Phillips and his staff in a pregame report or in a postgame report, you know, that they look at internally. Obviously, we don't have access to those things, but we can look at the same kind of universe of information and say, you know, here are the things that jumped out. We, you know, we've talked about Portland's like shooting slump. Came back a little bit last night. I think they ended 33% on the night. But when you're getting a ton of catch and shoot open threes, which we can see with that advanced tracking data, mm-hmm. like we're not that upset about those situations. Of course, you'd like them to go in, but control the controllables and and those are things that if you're a coach, and it's kind of what Coach Phillips has been referencing in his uh, pressers recently, is that they're not getting bad looks. Yeah, he's not upset with the effort. He's not, you know, uh, of course, if execution is making the shot, well, you would, you know, if you can make every shot, of course you would. But you know, the the to those shots has been really sound mm-hmm. over the last couple of weeks, even though the win loss result hasn't come on paper. So it's it's just talking about the game through that lens and taking that every team in the you know if. There's certainly some folks who, you know, numbers is not a part of how they view the game. And, yeah. you know, we recognize that. And But whether or not you like it, your team, whether it's the Blazers or somebody else, is, is using doing this. It. Yes. And the Blazers now um, hiring Sergi Oliva as assistant general manager. Joe Cronin brought him mm-hmm. in as part of his kind of front office revamp. Uh, now alongside Andre Patterson and Mike Schmitz, which, by the way, that might be the best AGM you know, sweet. trio. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And they're all really complimentary. And all those guys have, you know, really good track record. Sergio Oliva is a PhD in complex theory. Like, and he's hired, he's, he's hired, he's hired about five people since he came in six months ago or so. The Blazers now have one of the most robust, you know, front office and Jacob Mouallon, coach Billups separately brought Jacob Mouallon previously draft express with Schmitz uh, into the coaching side of things as well. So the Blazers have a guy sitting on the bench, traveling on every flight, sitting next to all the coaches, looking at this stuff. We're just trying to do the same thing for the fans. No. Wow. I mean, that's that sounds like eerily similar to what you're from Texas. The Astros did when they, what was it, Sig Mejdal, who they brought in, who worked for NASA. He was a literal rocket science, and they're like, baseball. All right, go. And he they, they Exit velocities, out. tracking, all those things that come along with it. Right. What he's also and not saying here is oh. uh, Sergi is also one of the nicest human beings you've ever come across <laughs> in your entire life. It's disgusting how nice he is. See. Okay, we got Corey Jez in, in studio with us, by the way. He is the uh, analytics insider or analytics analyst. I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make that my thing. Uh, he is with us, and I love what you bring to the broadcast. I, I, I absolutely do, um, and I think that it is helpful for all the fans to know. Mike, like, how, how did the Blazers track you down, or did you track them down? Yeah, this is, this is all just a long game for me. Yeah. No. Um, how do you think I got here? <laughs> uh, naked uh, pictures and we all know how you got here <laughs> you know I, I obviously a lot of this stuff bubbles up to leadership and jody and bert and kind of the brain trust and the folks who yeah. who put all these things together and and i think you know what i'm doing is part of a, a bigger picture with the broadcast and you know you guys are obviously at every home game and mm-hmm. um you see the away games on the broadcast as well it's you know really a, a broader strategy of there's new graphics this year mm-hmm. that yeah. that I have not seen on. I watch League Pass as much as you know you guys, much as anybody. You know we're not seeing these types of graphics on League Pass anywhere else. Um, the the social stuff that they're doing, the tallies, like trying to be a little more integrated. A little Brooks doing a lot more kind of behind the scenes. Um, you know players mic'd up, things like, mm-hmm. they mic'd up for the first time ever this year. I think in a game as well. So all of those things, and and then what I'm doing is kind of just a a, yeah. a, a plug into that, and um, you know 
again, kudos to them for kind of having the vision to do this. I don't think any any team in the league is doing this on a full time uh, a full time basis, certainly. But the the connection there was longtime uh, former Blazer employee Ben Falk. Ben Falk was like one of the first analytics guys where people are like, who is this guy? Ben, Who's this guy handing out iPads? <laughs> <laughs> and Ben, I mean, gosh, Ben was probably here over a decade ago. Um, I don't know all the years off the top of my head. Yeah, 2011, I think. Similarly, like, nicest human being on the face mm-hmm. of the earth. Like, like it's frustrating. How... And proprietor of cleaning the glass. So Ben Ben went on to work for Sam Hinkie in Philadelphia um, during those storied uh, process years. Um, when their time ended in Philly, he started cleaning the glass, which I, I, it's one of the sources we use. We have some stuff that's proprietary with Second Spectrum. Mm-hmm. And again, we're the only broadcast team to have a Second Spectrum deal in the league. So you see those replays with the shot probabilities and distances mm-hmm. and things like that. And that's a lot of the advanced stats that I bring to the air. But then cleaning the glass is another one that we use quite heavily. And cleaning the glass, publicly available. If you like basketball, like stats, I think it's... It's on the order of four or five dollars yeah, a month. Like it's four bucks a month. Yeah, yeah, four bucks a month, and so you know I can't endorse that strong enough. But Ben, Ben, basically being you know having a lot of relationships in the Blazers organization uh, with Joe, especially, cool. um, made that connection awesome. um, over the summer. I love finding all these things out. I, I mean, I, I love because we see on the broadcast we did the quick introduction we on game one and throughout the week. It's 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 cool to kind of connect all the dots and, and figure it all out. Now we can actually dive into the Portland Trailblazers themselves and the numbers <laughs> and what you are seeing with this team because, boy, this season has been a bit of a roller coaster. It's been a bit of a roller coaster. We've been up and we've been we've been down and right now we're kind of in, in, in the skids a little bit. Can you stick around for one more segment with us and we can talk a little bit about the uh, numbers behind the Blazers? Absolutely. All right. Corey Jez in studio with us right now is Rust with SportsCenter. This is a Football Friday edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by the ALNA Sportsbook. On 1080 The Fan. Right, we are joined in studio by Corey Jez, analytics insider for the Portland Trail Blazers. You know him from the uh, television broadcast, popping in, giving us insight. We uh, we got a lot of background, which is which is great. Now let's dive into this Blazers team. Um, <laughs> probably... I mean, if you came in at the very beginning of the season, we'd have so many happy stats and happy trends that we could talk about. <laughs> in a five-game losing streak, uh, it seems like Rip City wants to just burn it all down. Um, what I guess, what have you seen um, over this kind of swoon that the Blazers are in from uh, the number side and the data side of things that, that has kind of got us to this five-game losing you, skid? You know, it's it's really funny because I've, I found myself both when I was – with the front office in Utah and, and similarly this season with Portland, when things are really bad, you know, not that things are really bad right now. I've, I've been in times that, are, that were actually very bad, but uh, I haven't seen any thrown chairs at least. So, um, <laughs> but when, the, when the underlying, when some of that underlying process is there, like we just talked about with the, yeah. you know, the shooting is there, the, you know, obviously you want to clean up the turnovers, but the inputs are generally good. I tend to be the really optimistic person in the room. And when, stuff is not going well nobody wants the nobody wants the optimistic person no, in the room right. uh bob vulgaris had a great line one time that was um somebody in dallas was upset that you know hey man we can tell you're not ticked off like the rest of us you know after we lost a game and he said if i thought me being mad would help us win games i'd be the maddest person <laughs> right and so you know when when things are going when things are going poorly, but the underlying inputs are good the the analyst who's, who's looking at the world that way and not just looking at the results tends to be optimistic 
I would say at the start of the year, it was kind of the inverse. It was the, the results on paper were there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think through 10 or 15 games to start the year, the Blazers had the highest record above expectation based on their net rating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So their point differential implied that they should have, you know, won a little more than half their games at the start of the year, but they had won about two thirds of their games, mm-hmm. about 15 games. And they were like 10 and five or so to start or whatever those, those numbers ended up being. Um, and so similarly in that situation, I was the one kind of being like, Hey guys, these things tend to even out over time. Mm-hmm. Like y- you can't make every buzzer beater, you know, two buzzer beaters in a row, one against mm-hmm. Phoenix, Jeremy Grant, um, you can't win every challenge late in a game that turns a game. Like Coach Phillips had one or two of those early in the year. Like those, we know that those things all come back to earth. Had a monster one last night. A mo- yeah. monster one last night. We can talk about that one. But so similarly in that situation, nobody wants the analyst sitting in the room being like, "Hey guys, yeah, I know we just won like our seventh game in a row, but uh, we're not that good." You know. <laughs> so and 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 you know, you kind of end up in there. You know, a game below five hundred right now. Um, two. two, two, two now, two now. Um. You kind of end up though right right in the middle of the no, the, three. They're the, 19, the slug. Nineteen and twenty-two. Um, but their net rating, um, at least going to last night, was like negative zero point one. So they're essentially, even. Yeah, yeah, zero. They're an even team. They're a you know a f- on track to be a forty-one and forty-one team uh, by the advanced stats. And that's you know those ebbs and flows have evened out. And now Joe Cronin and his staff have three weeks or so to to look at it and decide it if there is anything to do. If it's save your dry powder for the summer, um, <laughs> and then you know you kind of go from there. Looking at, at really the, the handful of games over the last five games, talking about the inputs, I think that's the, the biggest thing is I've seen a lot of people say, oh, Dame's just not quite right, or Ant can't handle being a starter, or uh, Josh, well, Josh needs to shoot more threes. That, that's, a, that's a real thing. His, his three-point volume, and we've talked about this, his three-point volume being cut in half, that, that's got to change. But overall, the inputs have been good for the Blazers in these processes. How much of – I mean, we always – Offense, 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 offense. How much of, of what we have seen defensively from this team over the last week it feels real? Because the thing that I have hammered home really over the last two weeks is that they're holding teams to relatively under under 110 points a game over you know a couple weeks, with the exception of last night, and that's with turning the ball over almost 20% of their possessions. You're, yeah. you're giving those opportunities that feed into those easier opportunities for an offense, and yet still offenses aren't exploiting them. Like there's that that chain reaction there. You would expect it to be worse, and it's not. Does that? There was a few games ago, uh, and I, I specifically didn't bring my laptop because I didn't want to just be reading off numbers. The whole yeah, time. but there, there was a few games ago where in our pregame show we did a, a segment how a lot of times we'll look at teams over the last two weeks, which tends to be about six games, mm-hmm. and. Um, a few weeks ago, Portland at that point was the number three defensive rating team, defensive points allowed per 100 possessions uh, in the league. And it was on the back of really like def- defending at the rim well, like challenging shots at the rim, although they tend to give up a lot of shots at the rim, but they, they always do a good job challenging them. You saw that, especially when Eubanks came in last, last night. night. You mm-hmm. know, early they went to zone. They got a, you know, um, Cleveland snuck in behind the zone for some easy lob dunks early. But then Cleveland ended up with a really low rim percentage at the mm-hmm. end of the evening last night. I think it was like 55, 60%, which is really low at the rim. And so defensively, there there is definitely something there. And that is a little bit of Coach Billups' calling card in terms of intensity and, and getting effort on that level. We've we've also profiled on, on the pregame show Damian Lillard's defensive kind of step up mm-hmm. uh, this season, and which for whatever reason we can hypothesize – 
you know, he's a lot more conditioned because he didn't play a full season last season. He's coming off an injury, probably just a little more invigorated. Uh, he, you know, he's healthy. His his offensive load is slightly less as well, playing off the ball sometimes. And so he's actually been a, a really good defender in isolation and pick and roll. Josh Hart continues to be one of the best isolation defenders for his size, for his position uh, in the league as well. And and then Jeremy and, and you know, they don't lose anything when Eubanks comes in for Nurkic either on the defensive side of the ball. So that stuff feels very real. And a lot of times when we talk about these trends, it's really just trying to think critically about them, what's sustainable and what's not. You know, you're not going to make 80% of your threes, even if you do that over a two- or three-game stretch. But if you're contesting shots at the rim and doing so consistently, there's nothing about that that doesn't scream, we can keep doing it. So, you know, I, I do think the defensive side of the ball is there. And it's... Not to not to be reductionist or hand wave at, at the the late game execution stuff that's happened over the last few games, but over like long term and all the research has shown, no team can basically win more than fifty five percent of clutch games. Like right. you just can't. You get like it's forty five fifty five, and of course you want to do everything you can to be at fifty five and not forty five. And that doesn't. That's not to say, don't give an effort there and and don't focus on that execution. But those things do even out over time and and. And a lot of that is there's coin toss mentality, but there's noise in the coin toss mentality of you you get those. Uh, Dame in the postgame last night said, we can do everything right in the possession. We make a pass, it gets slightly deflected, and then we touch it one time before it goes out of bounds. And that can fundamentally, uh, uh, perfect example, Jeremy Grant gets a wide open look off the swing last night mm-hmm. from the right from the white wing. A shot that you want him taking 100 times. He's, like, he's like times. number three in the league in those shots right yes, now. Yes, and you're like, Wonderful. It goes halfway down, rattles out. It's Evan Mobley on the contest, and Mobley keeps going. Mm -hmm. And it leads to a run out, and it's a five-point swing like that. That is coin toss variance at its finest, and with a little bit of noise, because Mobley gets a run-through contest, and it leads to a run out. And that shot goes in. You're you're not getting that the other way. And and that's, that's, I think, a perfect example of that situation in the clutch, right? Yeah, and that that's the type of thing that again, as the analyst in the room, whether you're on a team side or on, you know, in in our case, a broadcast side, you kind of are trying to take a little bit longer term view and say, would we change anything about that shot that we took? I don't, I don't think we would. You know, an exercise we love to do back in uh, the front office and scouting was, if you're looking at a player, whether you're evaluating a game like you just talked about or a player for player evaluation standpoint, pause the video as soon as he releases the ball, and did you like the opportunity or mm-hmm. not? You know, before you yeah, know the outcome. Before you know the outcome. Right. And Portland would not have changed anything about that no. possession. Corey Jez is our guest. He is the Blazers insider for analytics on the broadcast. You see him every single Blazers home game. Um, okay, we know crunch time, and we, we know the stats. Those are huge numbers. But there's always been like this thing in Portland especially where the start of games or the start of the third quarters and it, the, those kind of unbalanced starts. Is there a time in the in the data that you can look at outside of crunch time, which is obviously the most important when it's a close game in the final four minutes or two minutes? Um, is there a stretch of a game that, that the numbers say has a bigger swing than any other stretch of a game? You know, it's, it's an interesting trade-off in how you decide to evaluate strategies or decisions or or things like that. And the end of close games are obviously high leverage. You can Mm -hmm. swing your win probability. You know, if you go from tied to up a five-point swing close in a late game, that goes from like a 50-50 to 80-20 or something like that in terms of of win probability in in 10 seconds. A five-point swing in the first quarter of a game doesn't do that, but you would still take a five-point swing early in the game, right? And so I, I think 
if you apply the you know the the time frame that you're talking about to what's happening on the floor is the start of a game is it's like a chess opening yeah right where the first five moves you play in a chess game kind of is almost irrelevant to what your opponent does same thing in a football game right you script your opening you know of each of the halves and so last night was a perfect example where cleveland's counters for what coach phillips and his staff ran out were better in the first few minutes Mm -hmm. but that first timeout i think it was early too i think it was at like eight or nine last night um that first timeout they went away from zone eubanks you know man-to-man and they countered they countered the counter mm-hmm. appropriately. And actually Cleveland ended up being terrible at the rim. And so that's typically the dynamic that you're looking at at the start of a first and the start of a third quarter. That's what you're seeing. And so those stretches are important, not from a leverage per, per, perspective, because you can't win or lose a game in the first five minutes, um, and, you know, unless you really, really get down. But you can kind of set the tone. You can kind of set the tone for the rest of the game, and, and you're going to start this kind of song and dance of those punches and counter yep. punches that you know when you think about what the coaches are doing and countering with throughout the game. That's that's what we're trying to pay attention to, at least. We, we're we're talking holistically about the team right now, and uh, I know there's things you can't talk about in your time in Utah, but as far as like evaluating players now, how different it is than it was two, three, four, five years ago with the analytics that are available that are more trusted, that are more refined, and you're talking about in player evaluation. How different is it seen, not just where you were, but across the NBA? Because we've talked about this. Analytics is not accepted and or respected by everybody across all life in the NBA, whether it's front office, coaches, player personnel, there's a sliding scale of that. When you take all of that into consideration, when you're, when you're looking at like a player evaluation standpoint, as the Blazers are right now, as they head into a trade deadline, how does all of that come together and and how impactful can it be or not be? Sure. And this is the term analytics is here to stay. I'm I'm wearing a sweatshirt. I'm I'm literally wearing the shout out trailblazing, Um, wearing an analytics sweatshirt right now. But I think if I could go back to the start of the Moneyball movement, I would probably strike the word analytics from the vernacular entirely yeah. because it's become a dirty word. Yeah, it's become polarizing, and if you, if especially if you don't like it, you can kind of use it in a in that way. It is it is literally just information. Yep. And when you work for a team on the inside, what you realize is, assuming you have kind of modern you know people who respect each other and are willing to work together and all those things the the scene for moneyball is it doesn't exist anymore at least in the nba the the scouts versus jonah hill in the corner Mm -hmm. type of a thing um now you might really dig in on a specific number and say really try to understand what it means but all that you're trying to do in that role within a team and and what sergio oliva and his team are, are undoubtedly working on night and day right now is getting all of the information that might be qualitative too, by the way. It might not just be quantitative. It's not just um, the model says this, so that's our opinion. No, no, no. It's it's all about b- basketball is the most complex game from a you know replacement valuation standpoint. You take out player X, you plug in player Y. In baseball, it's it's like for like, and even in American football, it's it's you know wide receiver X better than wide receiver Y. It doesn't really affect yeah. the running back, right? Um, and so in basketball, you have those effects. And so what advanced analytics, what advanced information like tracking data has given us is now we can quantify skills in a way, specific parts of a player's game that we just previously couldn't. Anthony Simons is shooting 38% off the dribble from three out of pick and rolls. That's number two in the league behind Donovan Mitchell this year. 
10 years ago, you literally just could not measure that. Well, you, you'd say, that guy's really good off the pick and roll. Yeah. You know? But but, but you, trust well, you it. couldn't back it. With I anything. know, yeah, yeah. Just trust but, it. But are you number two in the world at it, or yeah. are you 60th percentile yeah. at it? And that might really matter if that's a player you're thinking about trading for. Or, or signing. A, 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 or paying. Or paying. And, then, and the same thing is true of uh, a very simple thing that happens a bajillion times a game. Screen setting. Mm-hmm. The angle of which you set screen, the effectiveness, whether or not you can actually force a defender to uh, get stuck on a screen or die. One, there's a thing that actually exists in second spectrum on screen dies. Yep. Yep. Like that that exists because the model has been taught what it looks like when a player dies on a screen. So you can actually see the most effective screeners in the NBA, and you can go, "Oh, I thought this guy was a good screener." Yeah. But if you're talking about it, like, let's say there's a backup big X out there. That you can try to find somewhere. <laughs> Aaron Baines is my favorite player in NBA history. They, they, there you go. But a guy who didn't get paid for years until they figured out he can do a couple things really well. One, knock down threes. Two, screen the living bejesus out of everybody. Yeah. Yep. And he defend him, defended him really, really well. And he can play, and he he can could, play within he switches relatively well for a guy his size. Guys like you had in, in Utah with Joe Ingles. Oh, my gosh. Who, yeah. A guy who came out of nowhere but literally like represented the analytics rise. Sure. A guy who bombed from three, worked as a playmaker, and was, was a multi-positional defender. Joe Ingles is a sneaky, like, best pick-and-roll ball handler in the league. Joe Ingles, Derek Favors, pick-and-roll undefeated. But I will, back to the evaluation, <laughs> back to the evaluation point, and this is something where I think Joe Cronin and Mike Schmitz, you know, in the group, really deserve a lot of credit. Two of their best, you know, acquisition player development stories so far, Anthony Simons and Shaden Sharp, didn't have a collegiate body of work. No. Mm-hmm. No. IMG you, and Satyr. Right. And so you are quite literally betting on the come mm-hmm. in both of those situations. And so that is that is a great example of it is more than just a model. In that case, in, in the college draft, we've got all the models in the world about mm-hmm. college data and how we think players are going to project to the NBA. And those guys had no, you know, maybe, maybe you had some anthropomet anthropometric data you had their jumps Shaden didn't go to the combine and jump but um schmidt saw him in a workout schmidt saw him in a workout and which by the way is something that basketball is getting better at that baseball's been doing for years because baseball's had the five tools 2080 mm-hmm. basketball's getting a lot better of how do we take a qualitative scouting report and bake it into our quantitative models mm. and that's a very non-trivial problem for data scientists to solve can you, can you give an example of, of what that would look like in just in general Sure. So let's say that um, one of the skills that your scouts scout for is um, a big defending pick and roll, and he can backpedal to center field. It's like what you see Nurkic do. It's what you see Rudy Gobert do, kind of the traditional bigs that you see them do it. If you watch college basketball, they come up to the level in high hedge like all the time, and that that's not, it's not really a part of the NBA pick and roll traditional coverage. And so a scout might have a scale on his scouting report as he's watching guys at Kansas and Virginia and Duke and USC. And, you know, Mobley would have probably had a really great grade of this when he was coming out of USC. Right. And he might say, uh, I'm a, you know, this guy's a four and a half star in my book on this, this specific pick and roll skill. And if you build up enough of those over time for enough players from enough scouts, you can make that, and this is where you get to operations and, you know, again, not knowing exactly the inner workings of, of Portland's front office here, but Joe Cronin's been around forever and you've had time to build up, you know, whether, whether specifically like this in a model or just more 
kind of the Spurs are the great example of of they've built up their their scouting reports. Everybody's scouting report looks the same. Mm-hmm. You know, the the way to not do it is have a scouting report be a bunch of free text and you just read it, right? Mm-hmm. That's what my, some people might think. Scouting reports are really, really structured. And they're looking for specific skills, offensive side of the ball, defensive side of the ball, physical traits, you know, mentality type stuff, characteristics. And you can create those in such a way that given enough sample size, given enough body of work, you can build that into a quantitative model. And baseball's been doing that for years because they, you know, 50 round draft and and all these types of things. And you almost have to paint by numbers in in those scenarios because the the player pool is so big. The volume. Yeah. But it's something that whether you're explicitly baking it into a model, certainly something that I would imagine every team is doing is kind of taking the aggregate reports of those. Our scouts, that, now you can say, look, our scouts think that Shaden Sharp is the most athletic guy in this draft, right? Because they had a framework for grading athleticism mm-hmm. that every player in college that they went and scouted, so thousands of reports over the course of a season, they had a, a similar language that they were talking when they talked about vertical athleticism. And even though they maybe didn't see Shaden play college basketball games, they could still see him, obviously, basketball settings, workouts here in Portland, um, and, and other competitions he was in. And now you can make an apples-to-apples comparison, and that's why you know having that organizational kind of everybody on the same page is really, really important when it comes to any of those situations. I really liked what you said about uh, the worst thing they could have done is just call it analytics. I mean, it, what, what it could have been is just your scouting. And when you put it all, when you wrap it all together like that, I mean, that's all a scouting department has done over the history of sports is they they would always look at a number. Baseball is a great example of this. They look at a batting average. You're just giving more information yeah. to look at. We just had, yeah, baseball yeah. just baseball's that's just been great. like, hey, there's things better than batting average. Like, yeah, would you like to know how fast a ball comes off the bat? Like that <laughs> seems really relevant. You know, you know, would you like to know how good? Jeremy Grant is when someone's within two feet of him shooting the three-pointer. Like, now we can know those things. Yeah, and that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Corey, thank you so much. Now I feel bad for calling you analytics anything. You're just the insider <laughs> for the Portland Trailblazers now. Huh? Corey Jez, thank you for the time, man. Really appreciate you coming down and in studio with us, man. Thanks, guys. All right, Corey Jez uh, from Blazers Broadcasting, the uh, analytics insider for your Portland Trailblazers. This is Danny and Dusty on The Fan. This is a Football Friday edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by the a and Sportsbook. On 1080 The Fan. All right, we had Corey Jez on. He is the Portland Trailblazers analytics analyst. I'm still going to You're not going to let that go. I'm not I think you just it. like saying anal. <laughs> yeah, about his numbers. <laughs> sure is. Uh, that was that was fun. He's a good dude, man. Uh, I, I really do. I like what he brings to the broadcast. Yeah, no, it's, it's great. I, mean, I've, yeah. I have belabored this point for a long time. The NBA sucks at helping their fans understand the game better. Of, yes, the, of the three professional, big professional sports, hell, fork, throw hockey in. Hockey is much better than the NBA. They at, are. At, at helping people understand their sport better. Well, so is golf. Golf is better, too. Which also, Corey works with a couple Big time golfers. Well, yeah, he owns a company called Tour IQ, mm-hmm. where he does uses analytics in golf. Do you say Jesus analytics? Where he uses? Oh, I thought you said he does Jesus analytics, and I was like, what are Jesus analytics? That seems that seems something completely it's, new. It's, it's the analytics based on a hope and a prayer. It, you hit it in the water and it turns into wine. What is this? I, I mean, I like. Uh, well, no, 
It's it's actually you walk on the water so you don't get in. Perfect. I need more of that. Imagine how many times how great it would be when your ball's right on the lip of the water, like on a slope but didn't go into the water if you could walk on water. Yeah. How helpful that would be so you don't have to like get ankle deep yeah, or try helpful. to hit it left-handed. That'd be very helpful. Have you ever, have you ever had to hit a shot left-handed that you're so bad? Uh, yep, I have <laughs> with the back of my club face. <laughs> It's great. Woo! Or you spin it around and you hit with the uh, open side. It sucks. But, yeah, I suck at golf, so, yeah, I've done that. <laughs> yeah, I've done that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's get to our picks. We need to get our picks in. We didn't do it yesterday because we didn't have a Thursday night game, so we didn't really need to. Mm-hmm. Picks against the spread. Super-duper, super-duper wild card weekend. This is Danny and Dusty on The Fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.